Hello, and welcome to episode eight of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. A resounding eight we checked. Yes, we did. We, we Googled it. We didn't Google it. Well, we just looked it up on the podcast app, which we are available on iTunes and on multiple other apps. Yeah, so. including Podbean. Especially Podbean. Which, if you're wondering why I have not been sharing the SoundClouds anymore and have been sharing Podbean, it's because SoundCloud, apparently, you can only upload three hours of content for free, and then you have to pay for it. And we're already paying for Podbean. Yeah, and I mean... Not enough of you are listening to it on SoundCloud to make that worth it. I'm really sorry if you were one of the SoundCloud viewers or listeners, but you can, I mean, you're probably clicking the link on Facebook to listen, so you can now do that on Podbean. Yeah. And frankly, Podbean, like, I really feel supported by Podbean. (laughs) Um, Like, they really have made this pretty difficult podcast process pretty easy for me. Yeah. So, God bless. Yeah, we like Podbean. Podbean. This episode brought to you by Podbean. <laughs> yeah, Podbean, you should you should uh, sponsor, sponsor us. us. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I will say to you, like, I reached out to their customer service. Um, just and they to say that you liked them? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was complaining. It was when we first <laughs> uploaded and, like, we couldn't get it to play in iTunes. Oh, sure, yeah. Because of that weird issue. Um, and they, like, literally emailed me within 30 minutes. Which, like, excellent customer service. I wish yeah. I could say the same about Apple. I cannot. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I'm Apple's going to kick us off their pod. Oh, I'm Audrey. We really need to remember to do that. I know. We need to. It just doesn't matter. You know who we are. But maybe they don't because I've gotten <laughs> feedback from friends that sometimes it's hard to tell our voices apart. I mean, sometimes I can't tell our voices apart. I think sometimes we, like, hit the same pitch or something. Well, in our... No, no, was it in the Henry James? No, no, no. It was in the second Fates and Furies episode on two separate occasions. You and I said the exact same thing with the exact same intonation. At the same time, yeah. Yeah. It was adorable. Which was great. But again, like. I know. But also, I mean, don't you feel like when you have a friend and and you spend a lot of time with them, like you kind of start talking like them? You definitely pick up phrases and stuff, too. Like I definitely picked up saying, okay from you thanks (laughs) which I think is endlessly funny and enjoyable but and like it's always like you notice it definitely when you are not with that person so like when I go home and I'll start like or I'll be like okay it's like yeah and you're like I I picked that up for the share well (laughs) thanks for repping me my pleasure my pleasure have you picked up any vocal things from me I'm certain that I have I think it's like more (laughs) I think it's more in tone though that I'll say stuff like sometimes I'll feel like I'm saying stuff in a tone that you would say it Hmm. I don't know I also would have to just think think on my vocab for a bit I just you know consider it for the rest of the episode (laughs) (laughs) if I say something and I'm like oh that's that's all you (laughs) I will I will let you I got that from you yeah well our book we have a new book. It is it's our third official book, but it's the I just don't count Turn of the Screw okay. as one we of our books. We read it though. I mean, I feel but like it's like a novella. I mean, it was work. <laughs> it was like I mean, it was definitely work. It was hard to read. It was t- it yeah. was not a, a easy read. Yeah, it wasn't like a, you know, a 100-page breeze. It, it wasn't exactly the elevator music of um <laughs> reading. <laughs> um yeah. So I guess this is our fourth book. I mean, I don't know why we should sell ourselves short. I guess not. I don't know why. I'm just, yeah. 
It's classic imposter syndrome. I know. Just Not giving class, us credit for all the, all the hard-ass work that we've been doing. Yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> I just I just want to talk about this for a minute because it's been something near and dear to my heart right now. And I know, same with you. Just, like, women in the workplace getting taken advantage of. Ugh. And um, it's awful. It is. I mean, I've been lucky enough to work primarily in work environments that are mostly women. Like, even when I interned for congressmen, my but it, offices were mostly women. But it honestly doesn't even matter. That's true. Because, so, like, I just think that you guys are all underpaid. Oh, at my job? I mean, I just think in general. Like, like I mean, I just, Oh, like, women you mean are yeah. under... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I get what you mean now. Yes. Um, But anyway, so I've just been going through a lot of stuff at work right now. And, um... Yeah, it's hard. I mean... Because, well, and it's like, you really realize once you kind of hit the professional sphere that even if you think that you're an assertive, confident person and you maybe did ask for more or, you know, you really think that you're kind of fighting that, you realize that without even really knowing it, you might have fallen victim. Just for the very fact of, like, I, I feel like... To get a job, you feel so lucky, especially at our age. And I don't know that all men feel like that. I think, you know, like by the very fact that a lot of men apply for jobs that they're like wildly unqualified for, while most women will only apply to jobs that they meet like every like criteria of, which I've tried. I read an article that said that. And so I was like, okay, like I'm going to, you know, fight against that. But I think if I were to get one of those jobs that I felt like maybe a little underqualified for, I would feel so lucky that I would just take whatever they would give me. Yeah. Whereas a guy, even though he's un, like not qualified for the job, would be like, all right, yeah, you know, like I want this much vacation. I, want... <laughs> I don't know why they're Matthew McConaughey all of a sudden, but. <laughs> but, and you kind of realize how easily you can just be taken advantage of because you just feel grateful yeah. to be given a chance. Yep, and I think, too, like, women are seen as pushy or bossy when they ask for more, whereas men are seen as, like, basically, like, having (laughs) self-value. And so, I don't know. It's just been really – I've just had, like, a bit of an eye-opening couple of weeks. Yeah. And – Which sucks. It does suck. But I I will say I'm feeling a lot better Mm -hmm. um, now – so, um, I won't kind of get into the specifics because I feel like that's not As professional of me. <laughs> but, um, but I will say like what I'm doing to kind of combat these feelings mm-hmm. is, um, I've started like really trying to like act as not like a mentor because I don't really feel like honestly, I mean, this is classic woman again. I don't feel qualified to say that I'm a mentor because <laughs> I don't feel like I have enough experience yeah. to be a mentor, but I am like basically nurturing some of our um, young female interns and but being it's like, almost you are completely qualified to be a mentor because you are them in like two years so it's yeah, almost like yeah, yeah. your your role as a mentor is almost more valuable th- to them than obviously you need older mentors and you know really seasoned mentors but it's also helpful like sometimes when people like in their 40s and 50s give me job advice I'm like thanks in one year out the other like the job market was so different when yeah. you were Whereas you experience probably exactly what they will experience. And so, like, when I talk to kids at work 
who are applying to college. And even though it's so different for them, even than when I was applying to college, however many years ago, it's still like I come at it from a place of having been there fairly recently. Yeah. So basically, like, I'm just trying to, like, like, I, I told my intern, like, I'd like to take her to lunch. Yeah. And, like, Aww. you know, basically give her some general advice that, like, I've learned in these past two years. I think that's great. Working and, like, anyway, I just, like, you Women know. helping other women and in I, And you know what? <laughs> like, I'm going to tell her exactly how much money I make. Because, yes. like, because salary transparency is a huge problem. Yeah. I'm going to tell her, like don't apologize to people so much because it makes you look weak and yeah. like don't put the word just in your email I just wanted to tell you or I just wanted to reach out say you know like don't feel ashamed of being assertive and like having to feel like my email has to be really like nice and non-threatening yeah so anyway I just that's when like making me feel a little bit better because I'm like alright like I'm like using my experience to like help other women and that's yeah, good that's awesome um but anyway, it's just, I think, like, I'm in a very, like, female-dominated industry, but, like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, I've sort of had the realization that, like, the wage gap, gap does exist in my industry. And and you still have to, like, employers are not just going to give you more money just because it might be the right thing to do. Like, right. like male or female, unfortunately, employers will still take advantage of naivete to pay you less if they can. Right. And I think also, you know, it's like, I don't have kids. So, like, yeah. I think there's sort of, like, this idea yeah, of, sure like, well, is. you don't really need it. Or, like, if you had money, you would be using it to go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like You'd be buying an iPad with that money. Well, but, like, that would be a more male thing to do. Like, oh, I would I probably just want to buy shoes, right? And a skirt. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Like, but anyway, um, I just... To all you women, uh, all you women out there, like, be like, be open with other women about how much you make and give people yeah. career advice. Like, don't don't try to compete with each other in like yeah. a brutal way. Like, support each other and help each other climb that ladder. And yeah, I was listening to Stacey London on um, the Unstyled podcast, which I, I really really love. It's a Refinery Twenty Nine podcast. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, and it's you know like about feminism <laughs> and right. But I love Stacey London. I listened also to her episode. She did, like, Man Repeller had a podcast called Oh Boy for a little while. I don't know if they still do that I podcast. I think so. But she did an episode on there, and I, like, literally actively sought out Stacey London podcast because I was so delighted by her episode. But she was talking about when, like, she was coming up, you know, in her professional life. She was taught for so long that it's like, yes, women have a chance, but there's, like, one job for you and one man for you. And I think our generation has really realized, like, no, there's actually, first of all, you can create your own spaces. Like, I think a lot of women have been like, you know, like, fuck it. Like, we're going to make our own production companies, our own websites, yeah. our own like shit. Like Reese Witherspoon. Yes. And like Leandra Medine and yeah, Mary Peller, you know. And, um, we should tag Leandra. She might retweet us. Hell yes. <laughs> Probably not. But, um, I mean, maybe. We love you. We love you. Um, you do really important work. Um, but, but beyond that, we've also realized that there really is room for more women and when there's more women there, like it helps everyone and also women get shit done. Yes. And it's like, there's not, there's room for so many female voices. It's not just the one. And also if you're a man and you go to work every day and it's only men around you, part of being a feminist is asking why. 
Yeah. You know? <clears throat> I'll say, too, like, <clears throat> I've just sort of been watching my mom get back in the workforce. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just really interesting to watch her sort of, like, she essentially had, you know, very generously taken her time and, like, raised us um, mm-hmm. while my dad was working. And my dad also, like, he traveled so much that like we really like we needed a parent at home because Mm -hmm. otherwise we would have just been alone um and so anyway so she made that sacrifice like gave up her career but Mm -hmm. then at this point it's like well the kids are gone so yeah she sort of started going back into the workforce and she like very much felt like i need to get like either like a new degree or like something because Mm -hmm. what what am i supposed to show them that like i've been you know not working for 15 years or whatever and it's like here's the thing (laughs) Like, my mom is, like, one of the most competent, mm-hmm. like, smart, yeah, likable people. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, pretty much bullshit that, like, she had to feel yeah, like her resume wasn't going to get her any kind of a job. And, like, right. I don't know. I just I just think it's, it's, well, all, also, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Well, I also think um, being a person who's been in the job market for a long time... Um, I and probably what your mom was running into too is that employers, especially because there are so many applicants for every position. Yeah. Um, employers want perf- like the perfect story and experience. Yeah. So like I'm sure your mom has incur uh, has encountered so many things that would make like her- she's probably ex- experienced had so much experience maybe in an atypical way that would make her so qualified and like right. such an interesting candidate for a job. But because it's, like, not specifically in that industry or in an office setting, it's, like, they feel like it's more of a risk, which is stupid. Like, hiring creatively is how your company is going to be dynamic and interesting. And, you know, I say this as a person who doesn't, you know, own a company. (laughs) (laughs) But, frankly, you should because you have the right attitude. Maybe this is where we start our our media empire. Yeah, seriously. Just hiring moms. Just, and this is our episode where we're supposed to talk about a book written by a man about mostly men. And we're like, let's have feminist corner up front. Yeah. But, like, honestly, though, just, like, shout out to my mom, though, because, yes. frankly, like, so she's, like, she's been working in college counseling and, like, she's been, you know, helping kids one-on-one at home and, like, not really charging for it. Or, like, she's like, I don't know. I'm like, mom, like, charge a million dollars. You're worth it. Like, Like, don't let these, like snotty kids like get you for free like yeah you're, Hashtag, we you're love worth you, it yeah like I don't know I just your insight is valuable your experience oh is valuable like I just I just want I just want her to know that like Stop she should be in your mom she's not gonna give you her capelet <laughs> I'm literally starting to tear it up so we should talk about something else but anyway love you mom Okay, so the picture of Dorian Gray. <laughs> picture of Dorian Gray. Part one, chapters one through nine. The bougiest book you'll ever oh read. Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> I have to say, okay, I fucking love Oscar Wilde. I know, me too. He's such a little, like, bougie asshole. I know. <laughs> it's so wonderful. But, like, not a bougie asshole and, like, it's not like Lotto. Like, don't get confused. No. We're not contradicting ourselves. Like, he is snobby. Oh, my God. And he's, like, 
He's like a male Blair Waldorf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent comparison. Well, and the thing, like, there is a word for this, but it's escaping me. Like, Oscar Wilde and his books are very, like, like you could pull almost any line out of the picture of Dorian They're Gray. They're so fucking quotable. Yes. And, yeah. like, I said, wait, where did I say this? Um, damn it. Um, okay, you can say something. Okay. Well, I will say, I, I was reading this while I was on vacation, and it was not really great for me to read on vacation because oh, I just wanted to, like, note. I just wanted to write down everything that they said or, like, mark up my book. And also, like, can you reach in my bag and grab me my book because I didn't get it out? Yeah. I have, like, the... It's going to be it? Oh, it's yeah. a bougie copy. Yeah, it, I have a bougie copy of it. It's, like, the anthropology one. Oh, the, like, shit! Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll Instagram picture of it so you guys can see it, too. But, um... Yeah, and I'm like, I don't really want to write in this. But then I opened it. I'm like, okay, it's got like college share had written all over it. So, <laughs> so I was it's like, got like a right. cloth cover for those of you. It's like one of those like Barnes and Noble. Well, they they used to sell them in Anthropology, which is I think Ooh. where I got this. Um, but I think they're like the Penguin. Is there, mm-hmm. Are they the Penguin Classics? Yeah, they're the Penguin Classic version. Um, where it's like people wanted it to look like it was an old classic book but it, it's not it's just it's new yes. but um but it's yeah got, like peacock feathers on the cover yeah um Oof. yeah i love it but anyways yeah so like i'd drawn all over it i'm like all right well i guess i can't harm it anymore so so what i was gonna say is literally my first note on the page so you know so go ahead hard for it. me hard for me to find it um I say all or most conversation in Dorian Gray is witty and sparkling. It's the kind of stuff <laughs> that eventually gets printed out of context on coasters for people like me to buy. <laughs> yes, 100%. And I was like, God, the the amount of Instagram captions that I find in this yes. are unreal. We've been tweeting ca- like yeah. quotes from the book. Well, and the thing about that, too, is that, I mean, is the conversation therefore meaningless? Because it's almost like, I mean, even... Um, What's his face? Um, Harry. Basil. Oh, Basil. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of he kind of calls Harry or Lord Henry, who, if we do favor least favorite, he's my favorite. He's my favorite too. <laughs> yeah, he's my favorite too. Even though he's like definitely not a good person. He's definitely a really bad but influence. But I love him. But he's just like he's also just like the definition of fun. Yeah. Well, and Basil kind of calls him on like you just like to say stuff to be shocking or like clever but I don't actually think you're a bad husband and I don't actually think you believe all these like funny like I actually think that's true though I think that I mean I want to believe that's true because I also think that's more interesting yeah and I could totally and I mean like our Oscar Wilde's whole thing is like art for art's sake so it's like say the cleverest thing you can because that's the most interesting thing and like who gives an honest shit like what you actually think yeah well and I think too like um he he's like a little bit like Tracy Jordan, where he's like <laughs> he's like yeah on um on Thirty Rock. In case you guys don't know, oh my god, like he's like yeah like I go to the strip club all the time, but I never cheat on my wife. Yes, <laughs> yes, like... exactly. But like I don't want people to know that because then that'll ruin my like my rep. my bad boy reputation. But like I think I think Lord Henry's the same way. Oh my where... god, I love that comparison <laughs> so much. I think yes. that's what it's like. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're exactly right. So should we read the preface? Like read to it the aloud. Book? Like I mean, we can. Like re- like read aloud corner. Yeah. Yeah. Go okay. ahead. I like All your right. voice better than mine. Oh, thank you. But I think this is like it's kind of it lays out like what we can expect from the book and like how we 
even view what's going on and what's being said. Okay. okay. This is the preface. The artist is the creator of beautiful things. To reveal art and conceal art is art's aim. Wait, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> to reveal art and conceal the artist is art's aim. The critic is he who can translate into another manner or another or a new material his impression of beautiful things. The highest as the lowest form of criticism is a mode of autobiography. Those who find ugly meanings in beautiful things are corrupt without being charming. This is a fault. Those who find beautiful meanings in beautiful things are the cultivated. For these, there, are, there is hope. They are the elect whom believe beautiful things mean only beauty. There is no such thing as a moral or an immoral book. Books are well-written or badly written. That is all. The 19th century dislike of realism is the rage of Caliban seeing his own face in a glass. The 19th century dislike of romanticism is the rage of Caliban not seeing his own face in a glass. The moral life of man forms part of the subject matter of the artist, but the morality of art consists in the perfect use of an imperfect medium. No artist desires to prove anything. Even things that are true can be proved. No artist has ethical sympathies. An ethical sympathy is an artist in an artist is an unpardonable mannerism of style. No artist is ever morbid. The artist can express everything. Thought and language are to the artist instruments of an art. Vice and virtue are to the artist materials for an art. From the point of view of form, the type of all the arts in, is the art of the musician. From the point of view of feeling, the actor's craft is the type. All art is at once surface and symbol. Those who go beneath the surface do so at their peril. Those who read the symbol do so at their peril. It is the spectator and not life that art really mirrors. Diversity of opinion about a work of art shows that the work is new, complex, and vital. When critics disagree, the artist is in accord with himself. We can forgive a man for making a useful thing as long as he does not admire it. The only excuse for making a useless thing is one, is that one admires it intensely. All art is quite useless. Mic drop. Hell yeah. And then the book starts. <laughs> so what, I mean, like, what do we make of this? <clears throat> I think, so, a lot of, a lot of the dialogue in the book also is, like, self-contradicting. <clears throat> yes. Like, and, like, that's sort of, like, the fun of it. It's, like, just, yeah. like, a, like, these clever little paradoxes. Mm -hmm. And then it's sort of, like, and Wild loves to do that in general. Yeah. Like, I mean, my only real experience with Wild outside of this book is the importance of being earnest. Which, I mean, let's, let's be honest, you're an expert in. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a semi-expert in that play. Um, I did my capstone. Don't, don't sell yourself short feminism. I mean, I wouldn't, okay, <clears throat> but like, I'm not, I'm not dear Patrick O'Malley, who's like a literal expert okay. in Oscar Wilde. I like, know, but like. I just know the play really well. <laughs> but you, you devoted a whole semester to okay, it. Okay, yeah, I would say. I w you can call yourself an expert. Okay. I mean, like, I just, I think you, I just, I think I'll you accept, should. I'll accept the title. But again, like, and I think that's where he gets enjoyment. I mean, like, he uses it for comedy in The Importance of Being Earnest, whereas I don't think the picture of Dorian Gray is, like, a comedy, per se. Mm, no. But I, I think it's, think like, so kind of funny. It's definitely, moments. it definitely is, like, sassy. And I think the old, the reason I like Lord Henry so much is just because I think... I think he's funny. I think he's funny, and he's, like, the guy 
who's sitting in the room where everyone's having a serious conversation and he's just like making some good quips. Yeah. And that's kind of like the person I like to be in the room. So Yeah, I also just wish Lord Henry was at all my parties. Yeah. That I I mean all the parties I throw. Totally. But like, yeah, you know. <laughs> my weekly events. Yeah. <laughs> AKA none. But you know. Yeah. But I wonder like what I mean, like what we make of like him starting his book that way. I mean, in a book that is so interested in art and its place and like and like also philosophy too though. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of what all of the characters are sort of like wrestling with is like what is my personal philosophy on life? Yeah. And yeah, totally. I mean, like Oscar Wilde was always the advocate of art for art's sake. Right. But this book is kind of like we create art to understand, to like see who we are and then try to like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird, though, because, like, Dorian Gray isn't the artist. Like, no. he's just a subject. Right. And Basil's the artist, but he feels like he put too much of himself into the painting. Which, like, I don't, I just don't, like, 100% like get all that. No, like, I like, was kind of frustrated with him when he at first didn't, he was like, oh, I couldn't possibly show this piece of work. Yeah. I was like, dude, you're an artist. Well, like, this is your job. But I also think Basil's thing, I think was that he didn't want to show the piece because I think it would reveal that he's gay. Or that he's, like, in love with Dorian. Which their relationship is, like, it's a little upsetting to me because I feel like it's simultaneously very, like, father-son, and yet I think Basil is in love with Dorian. So it's almost like he's got, like, this, But Dorian also treats him like shit, so... Least favorite character. Dorian. Dorian. (laughs) That little bitch. Yeah, I hate him. Yeah, he's a total lotto. He's he's a lotto. And it's like he's 20, but he also talks like he's like six. I hate him. He's whiny as he's hell. He's so whiny. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, oh, That's one horrible. thing I cannot abide is whiners. No. He, like, Basil oh paints this lovely portrait of him, and he's like, how dare you? Oh, my God. Now I'm going to have to see myself young forever. Yeah, no. Okay. Asshole. Speaking of whiners and um, <laughs> Elliot Smith. Um, oh so, no. So okay. So um, I was on a girls road trip to Asheville with my friend Olivia that this last weekend, and we were listening to some Elliot Smith. And I told her I was like, "Yeah, I made an idiot of myself on the podcast because I said Elliot Smith stabbed himself with a fork." And she's like, "Oh yeah, no, that's like a common urban legend." I'm like, "No, it isn't." And she's like, "Oh." Well, somebody in high school told me that, so I probably told you that. <laughs> so, so we figured out the source okay. of that misinformation. Cool. I just wanted to let you know that. I mean, that's I mean, that's good to know that yeah. you didn't just like decide. I that didn't someone make it stabbing up. themselves wasn't interesting enough, so you made it a fork. <laughs> I guess like that's what that's what I was worried about is that like I had read his Wikipedia and like made my own story up out of my own consciousness, and I'm like, wow, that's pretty effed up of me. <laughs> So, anyway, glad to... Like, obviously, fork stabbing was the way he went. (laughs) Anyway, so so thanks, Olivia, for (laughs) giving me false information in high school that I have carried through my whole life. (laughs) And then said in a podcast. And then then spread out to the world. Holla. Um, But anyway, sorry, back to Dorian Gray. (laughs) Um. Okay, so 
I wrote in my notes, this is the snobbiest book, and I love it. Oh, my God. I love it so much. <laughs> I wrote, Dorian Gray is a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, seriously, though, like, what is wrong with him? He's horrible. But I guess, okay, so here's here's a question, too. Does does Lord Henry ruin Dorian? Like, is Dorian no. is Dorian pretty good, and then he meets Harry, and then, like, all of a sudden he's ruined? I don't think so, because he is, like, a little asshole to Basil, even when Basil's like, oh, yeah, he just, like, sits so prettily. Like, I think Basil just loves him yeah, and thinks he's so attractive. And so he's like, yeah, he's pretty great. And literally he'll be like, it's so boring to sit for you. Please let Harry stay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I, but I also think that the way that Basil loves Dorian is very similar to, to the way that Dorian loves Sybil. And oh, let, okay. like, they love, like, the idea and the image of that person, mm-hmm. but I think the reality of that person does not live up yes. to their I vision. Think, I think that's very astute. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, also, well, and I think, too, like, in terms of, like, conversation and trying to say the most interesting, like, when you're talking, you're trying to be, like, the most interesting then kind of falling in love with an actress is kind of, like, the ultimate form of that because what she's saying is literally, like, it's not meaningless, but it's, like, he's in love with Sybil as an actress. And so it's, like, yeah, she was Portia one night, and then when she's a bad actress, she's, like, she's saying the lines but not doing it well or, like, cleverly. Yeah. And so that's when he's, like, you know, I'll never talk to you again. And then she kills herself. It's awful. <laughs> I know. He's so mean to her. I know. He's so mean. He's so harsh. And then he's like, well, I went to the opera with Harry, and now I'm fine. Yeah. So, so stop trying to comfort me, Basil. I'm comforted. Yeah. So when so the first time I read The Picture of Dorian Gray, I was a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. And Me too. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was my favorite book that year. Like, I was obsessed with it. And, like... But the thing that I was obsessed with in it was Sybil Vane, who, reading it this time, I'm like, she's in it for, like, three pages. I always remember her part being longer and bigger, though. Okay. Just because it seems like such a focal point. Like, when it happened this early, I was like, wait, what happens in the rest of this book? I think it gets, like, crazy. It's going to get funky. It gets real crazy. Um, But, but yeah, but I was just like, what the heck? But, But also, like, Sybil Vane is, like... Like not a very fleshed out character either. Oh, no. <laughs> like She's not. I don't know what it was about. I think I think it was for me like the idea of like someone who finds like artistic genius and just like their like loneliness mm-hmm. was very romantic <laughs> to me, but. Well, and then the fact that she decides, like, she knows that she's making it. Like, it's not like she falls in love and then can't act anymore. It's like right. she makes a conscious choice. Like, I'm never again going to act well because I'm in love with you and I don't want to, like, like dabble in farce anymore. Like, I want you to be the person I'm, like, really, like, giving all of that, like, right. art to. Well, and she's, like, she can't make herself like, those other women anymore because she has a reality now that she, yeah. like, wants to live in. Yeah. And and he was like, I don't want you to live in reality. I want you to be, like, all these different women all at once. Yeah, obviously. Like, okay, piece of Dorian. Um, but also, though, like... <sighs> I also have written here, Lord Henry is an ass and a misogynist, but I love him. 
Yeah. No. But again, like, do we take him at his word when you he don't. says all those shitty things? Like, yeah, women like it when you do. <laughs> yeah. No, and I I also think that Lord Henry might have been, like, I think Lord Henry would have been sympathetic to Sybil Vane. Oh, yeah, he Dorian was like. Whereas Dorian is not. Well, and he was like, I don't know, she, like, can't act, but she's pretty. So, like, she's going to be a great wife. Yeah. And Dorian's like, how dare you? You embarrass me for my friends. Yeah. And then, like, which I think, fa- like, for, like, Basil definitely has, like, a kind of potentially problematic relationship with Dorian. But I think that um, Lord Henry and Basil are, like, good friends to Dorian. But he's, yeah. like, too much of, like, a friggin' child to be a grown-up about. Like, I think, like, Basil can, like, talk and be friends with Lord Henry and not be, like, corrupted, quote-unquote. He's just like, oh, like, Lord Henry, like, you're so awful all the time. Like, you're very fun, though. <laughs> like, you dog. Um, <laughs> but Dorian's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, tell me more about how life works. Yeah. And he can't, like, he can't separate that. Well, he can't he can't separate the idea that, like, Lord Henry is probably acting and, like, kind of playing a character just to be interesting like, similarly to how he can't separate Sybil's, like, acting from being in love with her. Yeah. And so when it falls apart with Sybil, he, like, hates her. And I think if Lord Henry was like, oh, no, 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 like, I don't actually think all this shit. Like, it's just cool to say and, like, sounds really good and I'm, like, really smart. Dorian would be like, how dare you? (laughs) Right. Well, I also think of Lord Henry as, like, a bit of a Chuck Bass. Yeah, which, I mean, I don't know if we should say that now amid... Ed Westwick rape allegations. Wait, what? Yes. Oh my no. god, you haven't heard this? Okay, yeah. Don't break my heart. No. Okay, it's awful. Um, against who? I don't. I don't. It's like an actress. Um, he Instagrammed yesterday that he doesn't know who she is and like it didn't happen. But like, my understanding is is it's being investigated. <sighs> so it's alleged. Really awful. I've been thinking Chuck Bass this whole time and not saying it just because I didn't want to. I didn't know that. That, like, I know, really I'm so bums sorry. me out. It's really awful. Ugh. Especially since he, like, I mean, by rapes the time, people in episode one. I know. <laughs> or well, tries to. I, yeah, and, I mean, which, by like, the time which this we, podcast comes out, like, maybe there'll be some more information, but. We'll keep you guys updated. I mean, like, nine times out of ten. I know, seriously. Ugh. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Why Why can't people just be nice? Yeah, why can't men just control themselves? Why can't like, m- men be more like Steve on Sex in the City? <laughs> well, it's also like... Although, does he have rape allegations? Don't tell me yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Not as far... Not yet. <laughs> well, there was, like, one tweet where somebody was like, women just shouldn't be alone with men anymore. And it was like, okay, but, like... Don't it blame take us! It. Well, it's like, it just shouldn't, like... Men should be able to, like, control themselves from, like, attacking us. Like, it shouldn't be like, well, I'm alone with her, so, like, obviously I'm going to rape her. Like, how no, awful. that's not how but it works. It's like, a, it's like that idea, um, when I was in elementary school, women, or we weren't, the girls were not allowed to wear spaghetti straps. Yep. Because it was, it would like. Be distracting. Yeah, and, like, boys would maybe snap our bra. But why wouldn't you be like, hey, boys, like don't snap their bras instead of like I feel like women are constantly being given and like we should be given tools to protect ourselves but women are constantly given tools to protect ourselves from sexual predators or like tools to just make us less appealing yes whereas like boys are not 
taught and reinforced to, like, not do those sort of things. It's, like, viewed as, like, oh, they won't be able to help themselves. Also, like, boys will be boys, you know? Right. And it's just, like, maybe if we spent a little bit more energy, like, teaching men to respect women from a young age and to, like, control their impulses, uh, yeah, this, like, rape culture wouldn't be so prevalent. And it wouldn't be, like, a woman rejects a man and he's, like, what? Yeah. Horrible. <sighs> but anyway. Feminist been, corner I mean, part two. I know. <laughs> you know what? We, we've got stuff to say. Yeah, I mean. God. <laughs> I'm frustrated with Basil for not selling his good paintings. Isn't that what artists do? And I also say, also, Doreen is an ungrateful asshole. <laughs> Like, literally his best work. And, like, Henry's like, I fucking want that painting. It's really yeah. awesome. And Dorian's like, you did a mean thing to me, making me see my pretty self all the time. Like, are you serious? Like, grow up and appreciate what you look like now. Also, based on my Peglin cover, like, he's not that handsome. Like, is this supposed to be Dorian Gray? <laughs> look at his stupid nose. Okay, not at all handsome. He's got, like, a funky cream coat that I'm looks kind like, of into, but... No, that look, to me, that looks like a, like, pharmacist coat. Oh, totally. <laughs> and he also, he looks like the biggest loser in your high school. He has a hooked nose. Awful. Like, he definitely looks like he'd be, like, playing, like, his. He it looks like his Pokemon name should be... <laughs> too long. His name looks like it should be Lyle. Ooh, yeah. Yuck. Yuck. So, I mean, I'm not impressed Penguin, if that was supposed to be your... Like, most beautiful man ever created. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I, I also just, like, I don't understand why Sybil kills herself, though, either. I'm like, all right, Sybil, like, I get it. Like, you've had a tough life, but, like, please, like. Hashtag, it gets better. <laughs> also, like, as an actress, don't you have a thick skin? No, she does not. not. I have a note here that says, I bet Cher loved Jim Bain. Who? Sybil's brother. Oh, yeah. No, I do love him. Oh, yeah, I yeah, said, yeah. he's a little rough, but means well. Yeah, no, <laughs> I do Which is, like, always him. up your alley. Like, I'm talking Hopper from Stranger Things. Like, oh, someone yeah. who's just, like, a little rough around the edges. Wait. Oh, Hopper from Stranger Things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also, also the, um, who Brendan calls the rescue dog, which he 100% picked up from my dad, which is what my dad calls some of my ex-boyfriends. But, but yeah, the, um, what's that guy's name? Jonathan. Oh, yeah, he is a rescue dog. Yeah, he is. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, also Daryl from uh, Walking Dead. Like, honestly, wow. Like, that man. (laughs) Just a little gruff and broken. That's how we like him. And you know what? Like, he would protect women from rape every day. Yes, he would. With his crossbow. Yes. And his, like, respect for women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, remember when he looked for Sophia? Remember how he protects Carol? Have you gotten to... No, you haven't. Never mind. Does he ruin it? No. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. He just... He gets better and better. All right. You've been crushing my dreams earlier today with Jeff Bass. <laughs> so, like, I just wanted to make sure. No, he's going to get even... He's going to protect someone else, and it's going to be really great. Oh, I love that. Me too. Daryl... Um, I also have written here, Oscar Wilde needs to cool it with these depictions of Jewish people. Oh, yeah, no, he's, like, pretty, pretty insulting. Yeah, it's, like, literally straight out of The Merchant of Venice. They're, like, (laughs) that shifty Jew with those, you know, he's got all his jewelry on tonight. (laughs) I was, like, jeez. 
Jesus. I know. Well, that's like, that was like when we were reading The Bell Jar, and it was like talking about like black people and not a good I way. I looked like a sick Indian. I was like, Sybil. <laughs> you mean Esther? Yes. <laughs> or Sylvia. <laughs> I mean, honestly, all these old-timey names. I know. They all me they run together, yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's not even like we got a break from that in Fates and Furies. They all had odd names in that. Oh, yeah. But we have not read one book with a Kate no, I will say though now too, like our generation is all naming our kids like ridiculous things. Yeah. Like I will tell you, like my children's names are old timey and timeless. Okay. Good. So like I will not be going with the trend, like of like naming your kid a name that like is not at all in any of like the million baby book names. Yeah. Like doesn't exist as a name. I was listening to a podcast. Says the girl named Cheryl Ann, by the way, which like okay. I was listening to a podcast where a couple wanted to name their child Lennon. Like John, like a girl though, no, the like, or like the Russian, I get, <laughs> or like which Ellie and I Leningrad or Ellie, I didn't N-N-O-N. ask. Well, I mean, I guess I couldn't. Or like maybe like Lennon and Maisie. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess. Still, yuck. Yeah. Um. Oh, I said, what does it mean that Dorian can only love artifice? So it's like his painting and Sybil's acting. Like he can't. It's like he is a sociopath. <laughs> he is incapable of engaging with the real world. He should be interviewed by Jonathan Groff and Mind Hunter. He should be. Season two. Interview. I can't wait. <laughs> I loved Mind Hunter. Did you love Mind Hunter? I really did like it. I okay. liked how it ended a lot. Yeah. Like I, I think it's good that all that stuff really caught up with him. Yeah, also, like, the way that he treats his, like, really cool girlfriend. Like, oh, I that. hate her girl, his girlfriend. Really? Yes. Why? She never smiles, and she's just, I mean, I, I'm sorry. She's I'm, a bit of a Mattel. She is. I will, I just, like, I just, ugh. I don't know. I do like that she's, like, pretty support. I don't know. He's definitely flawed, but I, I just think she's really flat. And I don't know if that's, like, the actress or if it's supposed to, like, she's supposed to be, like, 70s cool girl. I think she's 70s cool girl, but I also she's think like, she's. I, just I don't also understand. Like I'm like trying to school, and you're just. And I just like. Can you have any inflection? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Mindhunter Corner. Um. Yeah. Who was your favorite in Mindhunter, and who was your least favorite? Ooh. Um. Well, for a while, I really liked that FBI recruit that they had. I thought that he was a little gem. Ew, the one who snitched on But then he snitched, and I wasn't a fan anymore. Um, I never liked him. I, I do like the... Um, I like the the older FBI guy. Yeah, me too. That's who, that's Brendan's favorite. Obviously. He loves that guy, yeah. But I'm like, no surprise. Brendan likes a really, like, true blue, like... He likes a staunch, like, good person. But, like, also, like, somebody who, like, probably grew up in Boston. <laughs> like is like is his thing too. It's like he likes him to have like a strong accent of some kind, <laughs> and like also like just be like very practical. Mm-hmm. And also like he's also very sweet too because he has that like whole son thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, son. I know. I loved his wife too. Like oh I'm yeah, just like, she, yeah was she was lovely. Cool. Um, but yeah, yeah. Also like Jonathan Groff is. Um, I like find him really attractive, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I he's a little arrogant. He's a, way too arrogant. He's frustrating, which is I'm glad he had a mental breakdown so that 
maybe he can recover and come back to reality yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I also like the um the woman psychologist that they're working with. Yeah, I like her too. Even though like I'm consistently annoyed that they don't just like understand that serial killers like are not real people, so they probably like Jonathan Groff is going to have to talk to them like maybe in a gross or upsetting way just to get them yeah. to open it. Like I find that very frustrating that they're always like, "Hey, hey, why don't you why don't you not use such coarse language?" It's like, "Okay, well like he killed 30 people." And I'm trying to get him to talk to me about why. So, like, maybe I'm going to have to say the C word. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will say, like, my favorite part of Mindhunter was just being like, oh, I know that serial killer. Oh, that's this guy. And, like, Brennan was like, you are insane and, like, <laughs> concerning. And I'm like, oh, it's Ed Kemper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know this other gross fact about him? <laughs> like, Brennan's like, you are, like... My wife. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, I've completely converted Brennan. He, like, watches, like, documentaries on the Unabomber when I'm not home. So he's he's in it to win it. Good. Yeah. All right. So back to the picture (laughs) of Dorian Gray. Um, There are, like, so many quotes that we could talk about, but, like, I just feel like... I might as well just yeah. read everybody the whole damn book then because it's yeah. just quotable as hell. Well, I'm also interested in, like, how the story... So we start out very much, like, kind of following Harry. And yeah. it's, like, him meeting Dorian, him understand. Like, we never really get... We haven't gotten yet, like, anything from Basil, like, his point of view. Because mm-hmm. we move from Harry to Sybil. Like, it's, like, as soon as we know about Sybil, we dip into, like, her side of the story. So it's almost like we're immediately endeared to her. And then, like, right after that, we dip into Dorian, and that's when she acts poorly, and so he breaks up with her. So it's, like, instead of, like, her being this kind of, like, third party, we're like, whatever, like, I don't care what happens with Sybil. Like, we get, like, her point of view, and we see that, like, her relationship with her mother is kind of weird, and that her brother's, like, definitely concerned about what's going on. And she's like, oh, don't worry, Prince Charming will never hurt me. And you're like, "Mm mm-hmm. You're like, Sib. So I think, like, we're really meant to see that Dorian Gray is, is a monster. And, yeah. like, we're not supposed to be like, oh, like, he's just, like, a fun, like, who cares? Like, he's beautiful, whatever. It's like, no, like, we're not supposed to like him. No, you're definitely not supposed to like him. But, I mean, I don't even like him from second one. Oh, God, no. He's just, like, he's just, like, a whiny little asshole. Yeah, he is. Um... I mean, I guess, like, is art a person's reflection of themselves? And so, like, are we supposed to be viewing, like, this as a reflection of Wilde? Because that's how it was used against him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, okay, so that's the whole thing that's, like, kind of confusing about it. So, like, Basil painted the portrait of Dorian. And Mm -hmm. so, like, he feels like it's too much of a reflection of himself or, like, really, like, his, like, adoration of Mm -hmm. Dorian. But then, like, once he has time to think about it, though, he's like, you know what? Like, it's probably not that bad. Right. He was just too deep in it. Right. Which I get that. Like, I've had writing where I'm like, oh, I don't think anyone should read this because they'll, like, see through me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) When really everyone's like, no, I just, like, it was normal. Right. Well, and I think 
But then it's okay. So then, but then it, the picture is changing with Dorian. So it's like it's really like a reflection of Dorian's soul. Well, he's not changing. The painting is right, 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 right. But I think it's like so. Art is a reflection of Basil, but it's now also a reflection, or like I guess like the bad mirror of yeah. Him. It's it's like his soul incarnate. Yeah. So like I'm, but I'm he's not really sure but it's so it's not that. a reflection of the artist. It's like, I mean basically so it's like art depicts like what it's supposed to depict. It's not about the artist, then, right? I don't know. Well, I think it's like is it both though? Like, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like because I think I think initially when when Basil looked at it, he saw like himself mm-hmm. it, but like or his own but also feeling. but I guess also now when Dorian looks at it he sees himself so I guess maybe it's just art just a reflection of like yourself whether or not you so, made it or not so your interpretation of art is just really like an extenuation of yourself yes so and like in that sense what Lord Henry says is not is not a depiction of him it's a depiction of you as you interpret it Yeah. Well, yeah. Which is kind of a fun way to look at art in that, like, it's like you're not right or wrong. It's just, like, whatever you think of books. So if, like, you think a book is amoral or immoral, it's like, well, that it says something about you. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean the book is immoral. It just says something about, like, your values. Yeah, and, like, the space from which you're coming from. <clears throat> so there's no essential truth to art everything is subjective yeah and and i mean we get from the preface if if people are disagreeing it just means that the work is vital and interesting yeah um and has kind of it has legs yeah and also it should be like people from different backgrounds and with different opinions should be able to see like it shouldn't speak to one person basically right I also have written here, if Henry or Dorian tell me one more time what all women are like one more time, (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) scream. I know. Well, we don't, I I don't think we get any good women in this book, though, really. Like, we don't get anyone who is, like, fleshed out or, like, super valuable. I mean, I I don't really remember what happens at the end of this book, but, I mean, I, I, like, remember, like, snippets of it but like I certainly don't remember there being a strong female lead yeah <laughs> I enjoyed Lord Henry's wife that she yeah. came and she was like what's up yeah <laughs> she was kind of fun but not fleshed out yeah and and I think like then you like meet all these women at dinner parties I think later oh, yeah, on they're and they're all awful. like bad I love I did love though that when Lord Henry was like I mean they're like only five women in London worth talking to <laughs> and two of them are prostitutes <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I was both offended and, but in my head though I was like, I mean, I'd be one of the. Five, you're you're one of the five, yeah. <laughs> I think that we could easily you know, go head to head with Lord Henry. Yeah, I think so. We could be one of his pals. Yeah. Well, and I also I en- I did enjoy when his wife was in it because you just seem like she's kind of you got the impression like she's not a victim. No. Like, she's in on the joke, I think. Like, she and Henry, she's like, oh, am I going to see you at this dinner later? I guess. Like, <laughs> it's not like she's like, oh, my God. Like, 
you know, you you embarrass me in public. Like so yeah. I think I think Basil's right. Like I think he's a good husband and yeah. I think it comes home every night. What are your predictions? Well, it's like I don't know if that's fair cuz I have read it before. Like I know what I generally don't happens. What happens. <laughs> well, so like I think I think Jim Bain is going to come back for oh, vengeance. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. that's I think I think that's a given, it's which like pretty can't much wait promised. for that. Um I think th- like I, Les Misérables. I'm sure that like some other characters are gonna die, probably. Mm-hmm. Like I just think like shit's gonna get bad. Yeah, I just like for whatever reason in this book, it's like because I have this is like the third time I've read this book. Um, I only ever remember like up to the point we are now. I only remember like the Sybil Vane part. Like that's really the only thing I held on to. And I yeah. think I also remember like there's a part where like he's in an opium opium den oh you're right <laughs> like that's that but that's Dorian. like literally the only parts i remember but we haven't gotten to the opium yet yeah so you know stay tuned for opium yeah so opium is in this book Ooh. Yeah. which you know we've been you know we've been oscillating on our, our feelings of drugs which <laughs> <laughs> okay well i guess i guess like i don't Drug-related crime, to is, me, is, is not, not as a big, big deal. deal. Hashtag yeah. end mandatory minimums. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Whereas, yeah. like, I don't... But, like, personally, I'm not a big fan of drug use. I don't choose to use drugs. No. And nor do I, like, surround myself with, like, a whole lot of, like, drug users. Yeah. Or, like, habitual drug users. Or, like, like, hard drug users. Oh, certainly not. Yeah. I will say, one of my favorite anecdotes is, like, one time when I was in college... I was in my kitchen, and this group of girls walked by our house, and I overheard one of the girls, like, clearly talking about, like, a guy she was kind of seeing, and she was like, I don't know, I mean, like, he's nice, but, like, he kind of, like, does a lot of drugs, and, like, one of her friends asked immediately, what kind of drugs? Like, drugs, drugs, or, like, or pot, or, yeah, or, like, (laughs) Molly and pot. And she was like, I'm well, sorry, I think Molly is a hard drug. I would not put that in the pot category. I mean, if you're using Molly, like, a lot... I think that's maybe not great, but if you, like, drop Molly to go see a concert, I don't think that's a big deal. Really? No. <laughs> I've never done it, but I don't think it's a big deal. Okay, well, I guess I'm the Charlotte of the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but m- beyond Molly, I that's kind of where I draw my line. But I, I just think that that, I was like, that's so... But, like, what about, like, LSD? Like, where do you put oh, that in your no. category? Yeah, okay, that's, that's, like, bad. Yeah, like LSD mushrooms. and Molly are not the same. Okay, but I guess, like, I feel like LSD is, like, a similar thing that you might do, like, once. As no, like but a, that'll stay in your system. Like, it'll store itself in your fat cells. Does it? Yes. Okay, somebody learned a lot from D.A.R.E. <laughs> the D.A.R.E. program. That's not where I learned that. Okay. Well, I don't remember where I learned that. It also could be wrong. But I swear that, <laughs> that I learned. Sounds, that sounds legit. Well, and that's why, like. You can so if you burn fat, like you can potentially go on a trip, is what I've heard. What? Because it's like the LSD, like, like can like stay in your body for a long time. Did you know that mush when you do mushrooms that you basically get a blister on your brain and then the blister pops? Like I'm not 100 percent sure that's true, but I've heard that. When you drink, your stomach bleeds. Well, I think my stomach bleeds when I drink coffee too, so that's nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. So that's so we've done so we have so we have feminist corner part one and two we have mind hunter corner and we have drug corner yeah so we talked probably for my mom has given me the feedback she's like you don't talk much about the book and I'm like you know what mom we used to 
I feel like that's every podcast that I listen to, though, where they get off topic. Also, I feel like most of the people haven't read the book, so maybe they'd like to hear us vamp a little. Yeah. And, I mean, like, we had a really serious conversation about art. And I think we'll continue. We did. I we also we'll continue that. We also are reading these books. Like, we're doing work for this. So I I don't gen- discount that. I do genuinely read them. I know. I, I barely, read every damn word I'm supposed to. I barely made it today, but I did make it. <laughs> but, like, I had to wake up at 6 a.m. And then I also oh, had to God. do it on my lunch break. But I did make it. Well, tune in next week when we finish The Picture of Dorian Gray. It's only yeah. going to be a two-parter. It's, it's pretty short. Classics tend, well, I mean, actually, I shouldn't say. I was going to say classics tend to be a little shorter. But then hashtag I was, war and peace. Anna hashtag, Karenina. Yeah. All the Russians are really long. Yeah, fuck. Dickens. Like, oh, yeah, on. Dickens. I took a whole Dickens class. I mean, I'm just going to tell you guys right now. If you're, like, hoping we're going to read Dickens, we probably won't. Or if we do, we'll read the short one. Yeah. Great. Is Great Expectations the short one? I think it is. I think David Copperfield is short. No, no it's not. It's, it's really long. long. <laughs> no. 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 All right. Well, once again, rate, review, subscribe. Um, we love hearing from you guys, whether it's live texting us or tweeting. You could live tweet your thoughts and tag us. We would us. love that. Um, We'd retweet for sure. Oh, my God. 100%. Um, unless you're private, in which case we'll like your tweet for sure. Um, yeah. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and have a great rest of your day. All right. Bye. Bye. Follow us on um, at Queen Bee Book Club on um, Instagram and Twitter, and let's you know listen next week. Yeah, bye bye.